Elon now will own Twitter and the meltdown has begun. The CDC that's supposed to prevent the spread of disease is spreading one in our schools. CNN Plus dies this weekend, but no one's really sure if it's a success or a failure. All today, Eric's America. You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American, recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Wednesday. Um, it's a good day of the week. It means it's halfway over already. And boy, a lot of things have been going on this week. Um, not so many different things, just a whole lot of volume on certain things, I guess. That's that's how we're going to look at that. Anyway, uh, before I get started today, I do want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, rate, review, follow, any of those things that it will allow you to do wherever you listen to the podcast. It does make a huge difference. It is making a huge difference. It uh, Really, the numbers have been going way up, and uh, it is really encouraging. It's very... Uh, uh, it's unbelievable for me, uh, honestly, just, uh, just doing what I do and what I enjoy doing. And, uh, yeah, it does, it does feel good. Uh, when you put this much work in week in and week out on top of actually working, it does make, <clears throat> make you feel like at least you're getting something accomplished. So it is very uh, appreciated and, uh, just keep it up. It really makes a huge difference. I really do appreciate it. We'll get into what is breaking, what is breaking everyone's brains, apparently, <clears throat> is Twitter. And, uh, you know, it uh, looks like maybe I will start having a, more of a presence on Twitter and start doing more. I mean, I have an account uh, for the podcast, but honestly, just haven't really done a whole lot with it. Wasn't looking to get banned. Didn't want to just deal with that whole uh, thing. <clears throat> Never really uh, pushed it very much. Looks like that may be uh, changing. Yeah, it looks like it's already changing for a lot of people with differing opinions. A lot of people's accounts suddenly getting unlocked. Uh, a lot of uh, people's accounts are suddenly gaining a bunch of uh, new followers and different things. Now, there's many reasons there could be for that. There could be the fact that a lot of people are excited and that Elon Musk is now going to be the owner of the Twitters. And uh, they, they see it as a good time to re-engage. That could be part of it. Um, there's some ideas. Uh, one idea that was floated by uh, Tim Pool, if you don't know who he is, he does uh, the Tim cast on YouTube. Um, I wouldn't really say a conservative, I don't think he really is. Uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, but uh, certainly uh, probably leans more to uh, what you agree with. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, he has an idea that. Uh, that Twitter right now is scrambling to, uh, you know, change the algorithm or pull out the different things that they've had going on, shadow banning and all that behind the scenes. So therefore, when the Musk takeover is official, which, by the way, for all those, I mean, they've accepted the offer. There is quite a few more steps uh, between now and him actually having uh, taking charge of Twitter now. If this was a true free market economy, which people like myself bitch about all the time, uh, which we are not and haven't been for a while, if it were, this would not be happening. But uh, there's quite a 
bunch of uh, red tape to go through and and permissions that need to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, gotten and all kinds of things that have to go on behind the scenes that uh, before this actually uh, takes place. But uh, by all for all intents and purposes, yes, the deal is done. They've accepted his offer. He's buying it for forty four billion dollars. Dollars, which is kind of insane if you think about it. Uh, as much uh, hype as Twitter gets, as much attention as it gets, as big a name as it is, um, they don't even have a billion users, by the way, which puts them behind even TikTok. Just thought I'd let you know. Uh, not even in the top five social media platforms. Even though everybody talks about Twitter, uh, they're not that big. They haven't grown that big. Um, they're not that valuable. And so obviously something's been wrong for a very, very long time. Uh, so you see it, uh, it could, uh, I, I don't know. I, I believe, uh, one thing, number one, I think you're going to be freer to share ideas, which is great. That is wonderful. I, I applaud that. Um, I don't think that it's always going to make uh, people on the conservative side happy, nor is it going to make people on the other side happy all the time. It's just not. Is it going to be a huge, huge uh, swing, uh, open the door on all types of speech? Of course not. There's still rules. There's still laws that says you can't do certain things. You know, you can't threaten to kill people and all that kind of, kind of stuff. It's just basic stuff. You can't put, you know, uh, you know, the... Uh, just the nasty gross stuff still going to be monitored it's still going to be taken down so i mean all this stuff people are talking about it's just insanity it's not going that far over what they're not going to do is they're not going to ban ideas or ban points of view which i think is what most people would agree with i mean it's what i agree with fine you know what even playing field even even uh completely fair and even um plan uh, you know rules for both sides to put it that way you know no algorithmic bullshit going on just let it be out there let the ideas rise to the top or fall to the bottom that's what everybody wants that's what i think will happen number two i think uh elon elon will do what he does with everything else and that is uh, make it a highly highly profitable business so anyway that's what my thoughts are on it. Let's get to some other people's thoughts because they do not see things the same way that I do. Now, I have no illusion that suddenly tomorrow Twitter is going to become the bastion of conservative thought or the bastion of libertarian thought or the bastion of uh, common sense because it's not. Both sides are still going to be on there. They're going to be yelling at each other. That's fine. Um, let the ideas fall where they may let the voices fall where they may no screwing with it that's all any of us could ask for fine okay so i i don't i don't have any illusion that it's going to be some kind of you know conservative or, or right-leaning uh takeover what i do think is you're going to see a big momentum switch in that direction because so many people have been uh taken down so many people have been shadow banned and everything else that those numbers are going to initially go way up and then things will kind of even out because it'll go back to sort of where we were in you know years past seems like it's been you know decades but it really hasn't been that long but it has been going on for a while now anyway this is the kind of insanity that people are talking about. Here's Brian Stelter, the amazing, brilliant Brian Stelter. Oh, boy. Um, here we go. Uh, this is what he says. Look, who knows? 
I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, a an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party, or are you going to decide to stay? Yeah. Home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want no to be anywhere said near that. that. Am, I, am I crazy, Matt? Yes. Yes, the answer to that question is yes, Brian Stelter. You are completely batshit crazy, okay? I don't know what the hell uh, that has to do with Twitter, but just as a general rule and a general thought, yes, Brian Stelter, you are completely out of your mind and have been uh, for a very, very long time. Complete and totally total lunatic. That's who you are. Anyway, that being said, that has nothing to do with uh, your completely insane idea about Twitter. That's not what's happening. That's why they want to paint it that, oh, I mean, he said uh, free speech. That means all rules are off. No, they're not. No, they're not. You know, uh, there's still going to be rules and everything else that everybody deals with on the Internet all the time. The basic, basic rules are going to be there. They're just not going to ban people who think you are a complete moron and out of your mind. They're just not going to ban him anymore. And I know that bothers Brian Stelter because he doesn't like people to tell him that he's uh, extremely unhealthy to be uh, six, seven years younger than myself. And he looks like he's at least 10 to 15 years older. Uh, He doesn't like people to tell him he's completely out of his mind and a moron. But, hey, you know what? That's the world. You put yourself in the public eye, you get what's coming. I mean, you just got to prepare for it. You're getting paid well enough. You'll be fine. So, uh, yeah, uh, that uh, that was Brian Selter. And that's uh, some of these people were talking about, like, oh, there's just not going to be any rules. What are you talking about? Of course there's going to be rules. There's just not going to be rigged in your favor, okay? The idea is to make them fair and balanced across the whole platform and let people speak and have a free market of ideas not a free market of every vile thing that somebody wants to uh drag out um whereas uh you can say those things uh there are some things as in all platforms and everything on the internet uh they're not going to let you just go completely off the deep end which you know most people are like meh whatever there is an argument for free speech okay i mean i'm not going to be the person that's going to uh tell somebody they shouldn't say that it's just the way it works, and I know those things aren't going to change. What is going to change is it's going to be applied to both sides. They're saying, hey, you can't threaten to directly kill people and their family. I got you. That means the left can't threaten to kill us and our families now as well. So maybe that's a problem. The media is having a complete meltdown, not just Brian Stelter. That was pretty calm for Stelter, though. I will say that was pretty calm for him, even though it was a lunatic idea. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be wide open. It's going to be the Wild West. I mean, you know, it's going to be like a party you go to where they're, you know, doing coke off of hookers. No, that's not what's going on. So anyway, and everybody knows it. Brian, he's just a lunatic. We'll see more from him later how he is a complete lunatic. Lunatic. Um, here's just some of the media melting down over it. And the, the richest guy in the world takes over the most important social media platform. That's just not a winning formula to me. It reminds me of old Bond movies where <laughs> you know, Dr. Evil and guys like that or Goldfinger were, were going to take over the media. There is a. Wait a second. Now, when have we seen this before where billionaires own large media situation? I'm trying to think. I mean, is Zuckerberg, is he a billionaire? Oh, that's right. He is. Uh, does he own a media company, a social media? Co- well, yeah, he does. Oh, okay. 
Huh. Is there any others you can think of? Well, let's see. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I mean, he owns Amazon. Yeah, he's a billionaire. Second richest man in the world. Yeah. Oh, he owns the Washington Post. Oh, okay. So he owns a media thing. Weird. I just can't think. You know, I mean, it's just never happened before. It's never happened where billionaires own, you know, large media corporate. Well, actually, it's pretty common it's happened a lot and it's going on right now but hey you know what leave that aside it's never happened where one that didn't fully agree with them owned it so that is where the real problem comes in and he goes on problem with this idea of free speech and that is where yep. is the limit free speech has the ability to incite some really horrific and hateful things <laughs> like for instance an insurrection Twitter nope, will not happen. be the only cesspool um it will spill over and Facebook will get worse. Lame? You'll see Trump and others having their Facebook accounts restored. You'll see major social media networks unwind all of the work crap in progress in that they made, uh, to start grappling with the problems of disinformation and threats. Okay, so this is what a lot of people are thinking, and this really might be true. So Elon, you know, he's going to buy Twitter. Okay, so he takes it private. So it's no longer going to be a publicly traded company. That means BlackRock and and uh, many of these others uh, are not going to have the influence on it anymore. So therefore, you know, he can open it up more on the free speech angle and he'll probably make it extremely profitable. Um, you know, accounts are going to go way up. There's going to, I'm sure that under uh, his, if he does what he wants to do and things go along as, you know, kind of, seems like it's going to go then they're going to jump up and they'll go over that billion user limit and uh yeah that sort of thing okay and he's going to turn a good profit doing it now what why would that influence anyone else well that's because many of these people did not become billionaires by pissing away money all right you know i mean hell elon musk is technically homeless i don't know if a lot of people know that he doesn't own a home people now, he's a strange guy. He really is. He literally just crashes at friends' houses. All right. So he's like the richest guy in the world. He's also homeless, which probably helps him stay, you know, a little richer. Um, but yeah, these guys are going to look at it and say, hey, look, man, they are getting a lot more. He's making a lot of money. He's got a lot more accounts. He's got a lot more engagement. He's got a lot more going on over there. I want some of that. And it gives them permission to say, hey, listen, look, Twitter's doing it. We, we can allow this on our platform now because they're doing it. And that's what people are scared of because, you know, we all know what's been going on for the past several years now, especially, especially the past three where everything's just been throttled and shadow banned and pulled and everybody's disinformation, everybody's hateful, everybody's a racist, all this stuff all the time. And what happens is if one of the players that all the elites really subscribe to, because that's what you're really talking about with Twitter. I mean, most people... Most average people are not on Twitter. How do you know that? Well, look at how many, you know, actual accounts they have. And you find it really quick. Most of this is journalists and elitists and that sort of thing have used it for their kind of their own platform. And a lot of the ordinary people just want them to stay out. It's our place for our ideas. Like the lady from the Atlantic a few weeks ago. I don't even think it's important. I mean, why'd they even put it on Twitter? I don't want to read it. Uh, but that's that's the sort of thing. 
So what happens is you start to get more and more of regular people engaging and all that. And these other platforms will start to relax their rules. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll be the Elon effect of social media. And it's also the effect of competition, which is what the market is actually about. They're going to get competition. People say, hey, I don't want to engage with Facebook anymore. It's always, you know, crapped on me and everything else. Hey, I got this new thing I can do and network and do, you know, the things that I would do there. And now I'm just going to do them over here where I'm free to speak. That's really, really, really going to push the rest of them to change the rules. That's the way the market corrects. Now, again, Is it going to be a huge revolution overnight? No. Is it going to be a hell of a lot better? Yes. Is it going to be profitable? You bet. Because that's just, although he says, well, you know, I'm not worried about the economics of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, You didn't spend $44 billion to just, you know, set it on fire. He's going to make money, and that's fine. That's what he should do. I, You know, there's no, uh, no issue with that. And I think he will be very successful. But this is what I'm talking about. These these people are just unhinged. And uh, read some of these. This is actually from Elon. Uh, Elon. He says, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that's what free speech means. You're right. That's what free speech means. That means people that, you know, it's just like me. I don't get really upset. I get people that send me awful messages and posts and stuff. It's fine. It's whatever. I mean, you have a freedom to think what you want. Now, I do take issue many times that people are like, well, this is garbage. This is misinformation. This is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you actually listen to it, okay, I couldn't listen to that. It's stupid. Okay, well, then shut the hell up because you have no idea what you're talking about. So, you know, that's the only thing that gets on under my skin. But do I want them banned or kicked off or anything? No. Don't really care. Don't really care. Anyway, we got to get more into all these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people melting down. Um, here we go here's some tweets i got this whole stack of tweets i get to read today isn't that fun oh yes anyway let's get to some of these um leela sturgis okay yeah she's verified i don't want to leave twitter but it seems a given that if musk buys it it will become completely uninhabitable for trans people and lots of others oh why would it be uninhabitable for trans people I didn't go on to say, well, you know, that's how it works. David Levitt. Oh, really? Huh? Okay. If Elon Musk successfully purchases Twitter, it could result in World War III and the destruction of our planet. I think that one's a joke. I'm going to hope that's a joke. We're going to mark that one down as a joke. Some of these are very interesting. Just reading them so you know how people are melting down. Jeff Jarvis, today on Twitter, feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of the Weimar, Weimar Germany. Oh, yes. Well, you know what else feels like Weimar Germany there, Jeff? Um, the U.S. economy um, with inflation. You know what ended Weimar Germany? Uh, inflation got so out of control that people had to uh, get like three and four paychecks a day and go directly out and buy food because the price would be so much different by the time they actually got off work that they couldn't afford it with the paycheck they just got. Yeah, it's called hyperinflation. It brought down Weimar Germany. Um, That's what feels like Weimar Germany. I'm pretty sure just being allowed to speak uh, isn't. So, Jeff, um, you're an idiot. Um, 
Moving on. Oh, Axios. Oh, boy, Axios. Boy, they've got a really hot take. Are you ready for the hot take from Axios? The world's richest man. Someone who used to be compared to Marvel's Iron Man. Why? Okay. Is increasingly behaving like a movie supervillain. Commanding seemingly unlimited resources with which to finance his mischief making. They paid somebody to write that, by the way. Someone got paid to write that. Um, wow, I'm in the wrong business. Um, or maybe I'm trying to get into the right bit. I'm not really sure, but what, whoever, I mean, that's just dumb. So if and when Elon Musk, Elon Musk takes control of Twitter and turns it into a male violent mouthpiece, where should Democrats and progressives go for their free speech on social media? An existing site? Or do we start our own? Yes, start your own. Yeah, because, I mean, I can't think of any that cater just to one side or the other, huh? Wait a second. Free speech is only free speech if it agrees with your viewpoint, Nikki Fink? Huh. You know what? That sounds like, um, yes, that's stupid. Um, Free speech means everybody gets to speak, not just your side. What you're asking for is an echo, echo chamber, honey, and you can start one. There are many of them already. Uh, there's tons of them uh, that go on all the time and you should not have a problem finding them and you'll be right at home there. But if you actually believe in free speech, you'll have to deal with people who disagree with you. Conservatives and people on the right have been dealing this with this for a very long time, concluding most of the almost all of the legacy media, uh, almost all of social media and definitely all the streaming platforms. We get inundated with all your batshit crazy ideas 24 seven, seven days a week. And, uh, well, we want to speak our mind too. So, you know, here's Jennifer Marcia. Yes. Yes. When an oligarch buys a communication platform to distribute white ring propaganda, that's not democracy. Well, we don't have one, so it's fine if it's not, uh, we have a constitutional Republic, so, you know, whatever, uh, oligarchs, um, to distribute right wing propaganda yeah elon musk he's a big climate change person honey um just to let you know oh and here's another one uh oh boy i can't even say this late oh adriana lawrence esquire so she's an attorney and she's very 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 verified with the news of elon musk possibly buying twitter do you think there's another billionaire or tech bro out there creating a new platform in hopes of luring soon-to-be former Twitter users. Yeah, probably not. Um, you have so many already. Just go use those. Um, and again, no one's saying that he's going to take down any of these people. They're just completely out of their mind. The meltdown is real. It is really insane, honestly. Uh, anyway, we have some more fresh takes. Now, this one, I do have to say, is probably the best. Um, here's one. Oh, this one's not the best. This one is just goes along with one of the tweets we read where the woman said it won't be safe for anyone. Here you go. Some critics are concerned that Musk's pursuit of free speech will collide with growing safety problems on Twitter, especially for women and minorities. Do you trust Elon Musk to make Twitter better for women? No, I I don't trust Elon Musk to make Twitter better for women at all. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, it's not going to be better for women. Those tweets, let me tell you, when they jump out of the screen and smack you, they're rough. They are rough. I wonder if anybody realized, I mean, this is what you get when you go out with batshit crazy ideas like, you know, words are violence. No, they're not. They're words. All right. Even though they can move and stir people. um, Yeah, they don't. They don't actually, actually physically hurt you. So, you know. But uh, I don't really understand why it would be so different for anyone now. I mean, except for the fact that they don't all agree with your ideology. That's all that's going to happen. This shows you how fragile these people are, how terrified they are that someone could possibly hear a different point of view than what they have. They know their arguments are so weak and so bizarre and so batshit crazy that no sane person would agree with them. That is why they are terrified that if people that have just a a monicum of brain power, hears another idea, they're going to go, well, that person makes sense. You are a crazy person. Shut the hell up. That's what they're scared of. I mean, honestly, I have to read through this garbage that they put out and listen to this garbage they put out all the time. And it literally makes my head hurt. I'm like, there is no way. There is no way that this normal sane people can buy into any of this. And so that is why they are so scared of this, because it really is terrifying to them. Because they know. They know that, I mean, wow. So they're thinking, well... We don't know if we're going to get him good enough. I don't know if it's just that we're scared that women and trans people are going to be hurt. MSNBC, they decided to go, well, of course, where they always do. They always go here. Elon Musk, oh, he's a racist. On Twitter, it is predominantly straight white men. So when Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. Elon Musk lives in a world in which the only kind of free speech is white men feeling Mm -hmm. free Mm -hmm. to say whatever the hell they want. Well, I'm sorry. The first one was Sonny Hostin from The View, which, I mean, that MSNBC, it doesn't really matter. They're all the same lunatics. Uh, The second one was MSNBC, um, which uh, they're very misinformed. Uh, The one from MSNBC, it said, well, Elon Musk, he's from an area where it's only white people get to talk. Um, do you know he's from Africa originally, right? You do understand that? I'm just going to go way out on a limb. Is the predominant um, uh, skin tone in Africa white? Does anybody know? I, I believe we know this. I believe this is kind of a, a, a universal thing that people know. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's not really from an area where only white males get to speak. Oh, okay. All right. Well. You know, didn't expect anything less from idiots. And, of course, they, they're just being blatant racist. It's like, oh, it's only straight white men. They're terrible. You can't have them speak. Need to take them all off. Uh, but uh, that's not surprising. That's just who these people are. They're just bigots. That's uh, nothing more to say there. And uh, so the White House is getting involved, and many lawmakers are getting involved now, and you'll never believe what they want to do. They have a whole new fire, a new fire burning inside them. Jen Psaki, 
is now out there pushing it. We've got others that are pushing it. They have a new fire lit under them. They know what they need to do now. Here you go. Comment on a specific transaction. Uh, what I can tell you as a general matter, no matter who owns or runs uh, Twitter, uh, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, uh, what they ha the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. Uh, he's been a strong supporter of fundamental reforms to achieve that goal, including reforms to Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency, and more. And he's encouraged uh, that uh, there's bipartisan interest in Congress. Uh, in terms of what hypothetical policies uh, might uh, happen, I'm just not going to speak to them. Okay. Oh, okay. Good, good. Good, good. Oh, so now they want to talk about Section 230. They want to amend it now. Oh, how weird. Wonder how they want to amend it. You think they want to amend it to allow more free speech now? Huh. I'm guessing not. Uh, here's good old Senator Ed Markey, good old Democrat. And I love the fact that in his profile picture on Twitter, he is wearing a mask. So, you know, that way you know that when you click on Ed Markey's page, you won't catch the COVID. Okay, so I hope that makes you feel better. He won't catch the COVID. You won't catch the COVID by reading his tweets. And that's what's important, right? I mean, at least the guy cares. He cares that your profile does not catch the COVID from his profile. You know, it's really important. We got to focus on the things that are important, people. This is how we do it. Anyway, uh, Ed Markey, he had to enlighten us all. Elon Musk and a handful of billionaires now have dangerous influence over the most powerful online platforms. Well, that's weird. He didn't have this problem just a couple years ago. Oh, strange. Anyway, they can't be trusted. I can't speak either. They can't be trusted. And self-regulation has failed, has it? Really? What part of self-regulation you mean where they allowed Elon Musk to, uh, you know, use his money to buy something? Huh, that's weird. They should have stopped that. We can't have people just free to buy what they want. We must pass laws to protect privacy and promote algorithmic justice. Oh, for Internet users, especially for kids. Yes, algorithmic justice. That is what we need. We need more justice, more justice, which, by the way, is a code word for socialism, because when they say justice, they mean government owned, operated and controlled. By the way, just thought I'd help you out that way. When you hear we want climate justice, they mean we want the government to regulate everything about your life that has to do with what they consider about climate. So anyway, the last one to get to here uh, on the reading their um, statements, we have, oh, good, Sean King, the white guy who is uh, fakes to be a black guy weird okay at its root elon musk wanting to purchase twitter is not about left versus right it's about white power well we you would know sean um you're white so mellow mellow sean hello knock knock maybe you haven't seen a mirror lately uh you're a white dude you were born to two white parents it'd be very odd if you were actually black it's strange the man was raised in apartheid by a white nationalist Really? Um, he wasn't raised by a white nationalist. Uh, he's upset that Twitter won't allow white nationalists to target, harass people. That is his definition of free speech. And then he went on to say that he was deleting his Twitters. And then he showed back up the next day. So I guess he didn't delete his Twitters. Um, 
you know. That's what happens. NAACP weighed in, though, and they said uh, Musk free speech is wonderful. Hate speech is unacceptable. Disinformation, misinformation, and hate speech have no place on the Twitters. Do not allow 45 to return to the platform. Oh, no, 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 no. Do not allow Twitter to become a petri ditch for hate speech or falsehoods that subvert our democracy. Well, since we don't have one, it's okay. Protecting our democracy we don't have is utmost importance to who we don't have one, especially as midterm elections approach. Oh, yes, the midterms are approaching, and if they cannot manipulate and screw with everyone's heads, they might lose. Anyway, especially as the midterm elections approach. Mr. Musk, live lives are at risk so is American democracy. Well, we don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional republic. So I don't care if it's at risk. I hope it is. We don't have one. Free speech is wonderful. Yes. Uh, you can see who wrote that. I mean, do you think the NAACP? Garbage. Anyway, that is the sort of garbage being spewed. But it's not the best one. Because there was one person. One person who stands out above all. Who I will dub the king, and I say king because he's a guy, who quite possibly executed the most brilliant self-own that I have seen or witnessed in a very, very long time. He is supposedly going to rant and rail against the idea that Elon Musk owns Twitter's. The only problem they ran into, and he ran into, he ran into it like a uh, drunk guy in a dark room into a door. He uh, forgot the part where he was just going to come out and explain exactly what's been going on for the past several years and how somehow it's bad. Uh, I don't think this is the take you're supposed to have. Um Hmm. Anyway, you're going to love this because it is the best one yet. Here you go. On all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, wow. all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else, and the rest of us might not even find almost out about like it he knows. after yeah. the election. So it's almost like oh. he said this wasn't Elon possible this before. This is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. I think he had that long pause at the end because he realized he just said all the shit out loud. I think that's why all of a sudden he just had this crazy, crazy, like weird pause in the middle. It's so funny because he's like, yes, you know what they could do? They could ban some or all of their candidates. They could secretly get in there and turn the dials down so people couldn't hear their point of view. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be insane? You know what else they could do? They could not let anybody know about this until after the election. Oh, wait a second. That already happened. Hello? Hello? Knock, knock. Anyone home? (laughs) You're saying this wasn't possible before? Somehow you know all about this. Is it weird? Is it from the article written uh, right after the election going, hey, guess what we did to help win the election? We, uh, you know, did all those things. We banned this person, shadow banned that person, turned down the reach of this person. Yeah, that is brilliant. I, 
I couldn't have said it any better. That's what you can do. In fact, it's already been done. So we know how that works. You don't have to tell us, sir. We already know how it works. We've been witnessing it. So it that was just great. That is that is priceless. That is great. Anyway, I got to take a quick break. I will be right back. Rated the worst. Losing the most bags. Shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike, stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians is getting political attacking georgia's popular voting law why to distract from years of dismal sales terrible 2020 results reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in china coca-cola products are poisoning america's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic so the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms but they got busted james quincy coca-cola stop poisoning our children serve your customers <laughs> not woke politicians all right, and we're back. And I forgot to do this earlier. We need to do it. And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to... Um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no Kinko's, there's no Office Max near them. Yes, that is a serious problem. That's why voter ID is so racist. Because the people that live in rural areas, I mean, they don't have a Kinko's. They don't have an Office Max. They may not even have a Staples. Oh, man. Wonder what they could do. Huh. They could probably just show up with their ID or use their phone or any other myriad of ways to do it. But that's Veep thoughts. And, and we need those in our lives. Speaking of the administration that is now wholly on board and can work with everyone to work on Section 230 because now one of their little media monopoly is now maybe getting away from them and they can't throttle and tear down everyone. Someone will actually be able to speak other than their side and they can't deal with it. So now it's time for the government to step in and institute the socialism part. But we needed to hear from Kamala. Why do we need to hear from Kamala? Well, we need to hear from Kamala because you need to know about how, um, you know, well-spoken she is and just how brilliant she is because you know if things keep going the way they are well let's just say that uh they may be the president very soon because joe biden had some comments the other day 
I tried to pull the audio clip, but the audio quality was bad, and, and I couldn't really understand a damn thing he was talking about at all this time. It was just complete garbled nonsense. So I didn't want to uh, play that and be like, well, I'm not really sure what he said. Let's let's look here. Let's look there. So what I did, I did the responsible thing. What you're supposed to do when you're researching things, I went to ye old whitehouse.gov. The very, 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 very well-respected area you could go to find transcripts of speeches okay this way there is no misunderstanding someone on his staff wrote down exactly what he said therefore you will know exactly what is said and i needed this because the audio clip i had was just garbage and i couldn't understand it and i said okay let me get the transcript of these comments so i will understand what was said now, I will admit that the transcript did not help me a whole lot. It did not clarify what was being said. So I want to read this to you because this is from whitehouse.gov. And this is verbatim from what uh, Joe said. And uh, so are you ready? I hope you are because uh, mm, you might really want to pay attention. This is hard to follow. It says, on foreign policy, you recall, that the last administration, some, by the way, I'm not just talking about former President Trump. We have a whole, this is not your father's Republican Party by any stretch of the imagination. This is the MAGA Party. Not a joke, man. Think about it. This is a party that whole owned whole, wholly by guys like the senator from Texas and others. Page two. I mean, really and truly, did you ever think we'd be in a circumstance where the Republican platform would be that and they inaudible, the guy, the head of the rec, the head of the Senate campaign committee in the United States Senate and the Republican Party put on a platform that even Republicans have walked away from, some of them? Page three. The far right has taken over that party. And it's not even conservative in the, in the traditional sense of conservative. I mean, it's ugly. It's the way, look what's happening down in Florida, inaudible. They're going after Mickey Mouse, <laughs> inaudible. I mean, seriously, think about it. As my friend used to say, who to thunk it? Yeah. And that is the official speech. And there's a silence because we just got dumber. I don't know what the hell that's about. If you know, please let me know because I don't know what the hell that was. They're going after Mickey Mouse, man. Maybe I should have read it like that. Maybe that would have made more sense. It's like, man, you know, who would have thunk they'd go after Mickey Mouse, man? They're really messing with Mickey. Makes me mad. Get my chain. Going after Mickey. I don't know. It's uh, unbelievable. Anyway, um, so yes, I just had to do that because uh, you really need to know. I mean, we can have uh, the people lost in the in the rural areas without their kinkos, or you can have uh, whatever the hell that was. Uh, either way, I'm pretty sure that part of everything is screwed. Although, on the other hand, I believe we're gaining momentum. Uh Things are uh, turning around. Disney is probably, as they uh, have said now, the worst performing company 
on Wall Street, worst performing media company, or maybe a uh, company altogether, one of the two. Either way, uh, they've taken a big hit over the last two years. Can't imagine why, huh? That's weird. Um, and, of course, Netflix is right up there with them. They are dying and uh, going down quickly. Can't imagine why. One that is already dying would be CNN+. Plus. It is amazing. People aren't watching CNN regular. What makes you think they're going to cough up money to watch even more of an unwatchable product? I don't know. But Brian Stelter on his CNN Plus. Yes, it's still on. This is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, if you cancel something, you shut it off, right? You just pull the plug. But they decided to let it run till the end of the month. So it has till Saturday. Saturday, the lights will be shut off at CNN Plus and it will no longer exist. But for now, they still have shows. And Brian Stelter, of course, has a show. And he is going to discuss why uh, he's not sure what's going on. Here you go. Have you seen anything like this happen before in the media business? No. I mean, no. And first of all, I think I'm making history right now. I've never been on a program talking about the demise of that program. (laughs) Well, we probably have more viewers now than ever. Wait a second, how old is this guy? I gotta watch my programs. I gotta get to my you seen the TV guy, I gotta make sure when my programs are on. Anyway, I just thought that was great. Before because there's so much curiosity. And uh there is. Let me try out a theory on you, Matt, which is it's too yeah. early to know if this product or this service was a success or a failure. I've, what? You, know, you got all the haters today <laughs> saying this thing was a failure. I don't know if we can even ever assess that because it just simply no. didn't have enough time because of the management no. change in direction. And at the end of the day, if you buy something, if you buy a giant media company, you get to do whatever you want with it. But it does mean there's a lot of suffering uh, because oh, for employees yes. and frankly disappointment among subscribers as a result. Yes, all three of the subscribers are very disappointed. They're all related to Brian Stelter, too, I'm pretty sure. They're very, very disappointed. Um, How do you know? How do you know if it's a success or a failure? You just don't know. You don't know. There's a lot of great memes that have been made because of that, because that is pretty brilliant. I mean, come on. How do you know? How do you know if it's a success or a failure? I don't know. Here's one metric. Um... They spent $300 million launching it, and they could only get 10,000 active users. Well, that's a pretty big kick in the junk, just to let you know. Uh, That would be considered a failure. Uh, It lasted for less than 30 days. Well, I guess it's going to last 31 days. Sorry. It lasted for a month and is now canceled. That is, again, another way to show that it was... um, yeah, a failure. But do we really know? Do we really know? Do we know anything's really a failure? Let's take things that most people agree were a failure that maybe we should reconsider. Um, the Titanic. Was that a failure? Now, uh, it did make it across the ocean once, right? And it was on its way back when it sank, I believe. So do we know if it was a success? It's probably too soon. Probably too soon to know if it's a failure. We should check later. Uh, the Hindenburg. Um, it made several, several uh, large journeys before it blew up and burned down. And we got the uh, phrase, all oh, the humanity. But before then, 
It was very successful. So do we know if it was a success or a failure? I say that it was a success because I still see the Goodyear blimp over sports venues. So maybe it didn't kill the whole industry. We, it's too early to say whether it was a monumental success or a monumental failure. Very, very hard to know. Very hard to know if it's a failure. It's hard to hard to judge these things. It's just, man, how do we judge success or failure? Well, there's many ways. Usually uh, you judge success, uh, especially if you're talking about entertainment or a media. Um, usually the bar is how many people actually engage with it, how many people watch it, how many people enjoy it. Now, you could come up with a new standard and say, well, none of that matters. It only matters if Brian Stelter lets you know if it matters. And he is not sure yet. So we are really not sure here. We do not know if it was a success or failure. Now, I was leaning towards failure because this is probably one of the most obvious and substantial public failures of anything ever. I could be wrong because Brian Stelter doesn't know. So we just don't know yet. Although uh, I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan and another guy I've talked about a few times, Douglas Murray, uh, is a commentator, writer and stuff from the UK. He's more on the conservative side, uh, more of a libertarian kind of guy. A uh, good guy. I really enjoy his stuff. They were on the Rogan podcast and they were having a bit of fun. So uh, I think I think they think it's a failure. Well, we'll check with them. Maybe they don't know either. Speaking on this day where uh, CNN... <laughs> Yeah, CNN minus, Plus just, went under. Just, oh, just CNN went minus. CNN <laughs> just went under. They it, spent $300 million. They got 10,000 subscribers. Imagine the hubris of thinking that something that people don't want for free, right. that you're going to charge money for it. Uh, We're going to have a Jake Tapper book club. <laughs> Jake Tapper seems like a great guy. But, I mean, I feel like I don't have to pay for his book club. Well, I'm trying never to be mean about people because of their appearances. But <laughs> a friend of mine said to me the other day, do you know how old Brian Stelter is? And I said, I don't know, I'm 56 or something. He said, look it up on your phone. He's like 34 or yeah, something. Yeah, something nuts. I couldn't yeah. stop laughing for the rest of the evening. I just couldn't stop laughing. It, 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 I, I don't know what, everything about the guy is strange. Everything about <laughs> Very him. strange. His pattern of communication is so strange. It's like... Do you listen to other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk very differently than you. Yes, he has that. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, Crystal Ball from uh, Breaking Points was making fun of him the other day. She's like, why does he sit like this? Because <laughs> you ever notice, he sits like this. Douglas, Douglas Murray has a book out. It's called The War on the West, and it's terrible. <laughs> the War on the West. Is that really what's going on? My, one of my favorite moments was him with Barry Weiss, where Barry oh, yeah. Weiss... Anyway, how has the world gone crazy? Oh, yes. And yeah. she just rattles she was really off good, one yeah. after another after another. That's right. Yeah. When you say silence is violence, when actual violence right. is violence, the world has gone crazy. Yeah, so they were having a bit of fun. I'm pretty sure they think that it was a failure. But we will check back in maybe in a month or so. Maybe a month after the morning process is over and... Uh, Stelter's uh, family and extended family and everybody is very, very, uh, they've recovered from their uh, subscriptions getting canceled. 
maybe maybe then he'll be able to accept it but until then um we're just not sure if it's a success or a failure um i guess we'll just have to leave it up for you to decide um where you stand on that pretty sure it's a failure though pretty sure it is it is really unreal it, it really is to uh to see something fail so dramatically and it's not like um you know they're being bought up they've already been bought by discovery and discovery has a streaming service and discovery obviously is got something in mind usually if this would happen discovery would be like nah we're just gonna roll it in we got a bunch of other shows we don't think are great and they're all on our streaming you know discovery plus or whatever we have and and we're just gonna throw that crap on there and just mix it and make it all one thing you can watch jake tapper's book club and you can have brian stelter tell you how to raise your kids by god please tell me that was a joke uh no no it was wasn't stelter it was um oh god it was one of the other anyway they had a parenting show and i was oh god so painful but anyway um yeah um that's that's what that is um that's normally what would happen they would just be like yeah screw it uh we'll just throw it on this and if people want it they'll watch it if not then who cares and we'll phase it out over time they just hacked it they said nope this is not happening we didn't want it in the first place and it's not happening now pull the plug so uh pretty sure they consider it a failure but we're just not sure who knows who knows we're going to get into something today so i talked about this the last time and it is something that people do need to know about so the cdc the 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 organization that is supposed to be checking on diseases communicable diseases how to prevent them the best practices all that sort of thing make recommendations uh in charge of you know gathering research and and making um you know assumptions on uh you know vaccines possibly or or treatments for diseases or maybe poisons or bad things you know this is what they're supposed to do that's not what they do and we've seen this over and over and over they want to make laws they want to make edicts they are now uh the you know employing the justice department to appeal the decision about the uh travel mask mandate because they don't it's not about them getting the masks back particularly it's about them having the right to make edicts and make laws and rules that they do not have the power to do they are largely supposed to be just a um really a consultant role they're supposed to research diseases and all these different things and look at that sort of thing look at health you know make recommendations you know whether you heed them or not is up to you but they're they're supposed to be there to do the research that's not what they're doing anymore they are injecting themselves in all kinds of areas they don't belong they are trying to make rules they said well landlords can't uh you know evict people for not paying their rent just all kinds of crazy shit and it is a way to try to use basically what everybody's called the shadow government that people have bitched about for a long time how to utilize that to get around the constitution and the laws and so now they've injected themselves and i heard about this and i had to start checking into it that they've injected themselves into education now you would think well what would they be involved in education or are they involved in maybe uh the vaccine policies maybe childhood diseases maybe developmental disorders these sort of things that a center for disease control would be involved in you know hey we have this childhood disease it's it's spreading around we need to find an answer to this that would be the cdc's purview right that's that seems normal they could make recommendations do research that, that sort of thing that's what they're supposed to do but no they have endorsed a teaching 
profile. Now, they use this under the guise of saying, well, we studied all the things that hurt children. And these are the things that hurt children, poverty and, and social economic uh, level and, you know, all these different things. And so to help this, we have adopted, we're recommending and trying to push on all the schools, the SEL teaching. You may ask, what is SEL? And you should know what it is because it is the social emotional learning. Yes. Social emotional learning. What is social emotional learning? Well, I'm going to tell you because I went onto their website and printed out some information. Social emotional learning advances educational equity and excellence. Well, first of all, you've already got one of the buzzwords in there that I hate. Equity is not a thing. I'm surprised they didn't use educational justice, but they use the other buzzword equity. Supporting authentic school family community partnerships. Oh, goody, goody, goody. Continuously improving strategies and programs to best serve all of our students in their local context. What? SEL helps stakeholders develop the skills and relationships to communicate and collaborate effectively across different perspectives and backgrounds. Gobbledy, 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 gook. Okay, um, first of all, uh, we don't need uh, stakeholders because that's stakeholder capitalism. That's also known as um, uh, fascism, actually, um, just to let you know. Equity and, excellence, equity and excellence refers to every student across race, ethnicity, family income learning levels, learning abilities, home language, immigrant status, gender identity, sexual orientation, and other factors. Engaging in high-quality educational opportunities environments that best promote a healthy social, emotional, and academic development. Here's the problem. You know what we really want kids to uh, do at school? That last part, that academic development. That's what they're at school for. That's why schools exist. To teach. We're not worried about their social justice situation. We want them to uh, not be hurt or bullied or sexually harassed or even sexually assaulted. So that's the only emotional part that we're really worried about. Other than that. Parents can take care of the rest. So they go through all this to talk about how are they going to get all this social emotional learning into. So they've got this through our long term learning agenda and ongoing collaboration with practitioners, policymakers and researchers, researchers, Castle continues deepening what is known about implement, implementation, influences, and impacts of high-quality transformative SEL. Transformative. you got to know about all this. So this is what we're talking about. This is how this is actually SEL, social-emotional learning. Okay, we're going to hear about a lot of this here in a minute. It's how you weave stuff like critical race theory, transgender theory all these different theories you weave it into every subject they're going to talk about it on this video i pulled uh, of theirs um and they just use buzzwords constantly well we want to create equity equity is not possible unless you dumb the smart kids down that's the only way it works because if you cannot raise the lowest slowest learning 
uh, student all the way to a four point plus student who is very gifted and very educated, uh, very, um, uh, very brilliant, high IQ. If you can't raise the lowest to his standard, then what do you have to do? You have to lower his standard down to theirs. And that's what they are doing. Uh, it is destructive as hell. Anyway, here in this clip's kind of long, we'll probably take a couple pauses, but this is their, uh, one of their promotional videos about social emotional learning and about castle think about the young people in your lives and all the different places where they're learning about themselves how to relate to others and work together on goals how can we intentionally create learning experiences that will help all young people develop and maintain positive relationships become lifelong learners and contribute to a more caring just world okay Again, now you get to the bottom of it. Did they say, how can we help children learn and become more uh, productive citizens? None of that. None of that. Did you hear any of that? No. How can we help everyone learn better? No. No. What you heard was, how can we make them more in tune with their communities and be better collective members of our community? Uh, Emotional. Uh, it's, it's so bad. Educators, researchers, community members, families, and the students themselves agree what we need is social and emotional learning, or SEL. SEL is the process through which young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes that help us to understand ourselves, connect with others, achieve our goals, and support our communities. Okay, again. You know how students could do this really, really well? They could uh, learn basic, basic codes and morals. Like, don't steal. Don't hit each other. You know, keep your hands to yourself. Don't talk, you know, don't say bad things about each other. And, oh, yeah, get an education. Learn. None of that's in this. We all need opportunities to learn and engage in environments where we feel safe, valued, and a sense of belonging. So how does SEL help schools, families, and communities work together so that all young people have these kinds of learning experiences and achieve success in education, careers, and life? CASEL's framework identifies five areas of competence that together help us develop a healthy sense of who we are, manage stress, understand the views of others, and work together to create schools and communities where everyone can grow their strengths and interests. Okay, none of that says anything about people learning shit that they need to learn. Notice this over and over and over again. They talk about being part of the community, building an equitable future, working collectively together. It's so bad. Self-awareness is about how we think about ourselves and who we are. It includes understanding our culture, our thoughts, feelings, and what we believe we're capable of, and understanding how these things can influence our behaviors and beliefs. No, teach them how to read, how to do math, understanding of science. God. Self-management is the ability to manage those emotions, thoughts, and actions in different situations so that we can achieve individual and collective goals. 
This includes Collective coping goals. with stress and anxiety, persevering through challenges, and taking action to create positive change. Social awareness is how we understand others, how we learn to take different perspectives and empathize even with people who are different from us. It also includes understanding how the broader norms and systems around us influence how we develop and create a sense of belonging. So there you go. You have it all right there. A collective sense of belonging, a collective sense of well-being, how we fit in in the world. None of this addresses anything to do with actual education. It's all a bunch of social justice bullshit. And it's how they incorporate it all into everything. And they'll tell you, it's incorporated into everything. Relationship skills are how we connect and engage effectively with others and how we form lasting friendships and connections. This includes communicating clearly, solving problems together, managing conflict and disagreements, and standing up for ourselves and the rights of others. Lastly, responsible decision-making is how we put it all together to make caring and constructive choices. This includes thinking critically about consequences, analyzing the impact of our actions on ourselves and others, and identifying solutions that support our collective well-being. We continue to develop and practice SEL throughout our lives and can adapt and apply these competencies across different contexts and cultures. How we develop SEL is impacted by our environments, which is why we need to work together across classrooms, schools, families, and communities. In the classroom, students can be explicitly taught SEL skills and also can practice and apply SEL during core subjects, like discussing different perspectives in social studies and language arts, or collaboratively problem solving in science or math. SEL you know what another crazy, crazy wild idea is? We could teach them how to read, how to write, how to do math, and how to uh, um, practice science and the scientific method. These are all things that would be very, very helpful and apply to the world. Um, we're having a problem right now with having enough workers to do all the jobs. Why? None of them know how to actually have skills to do anything. All they know how to do is make placards or make cardboard signs and go yell about justice. That would be a problem because they don't know how to do anything else. They don't know how to read. They don't know how to write. And have you read an article lately? I've not found an article lately that does not have multiple spelling errors in it. I'm not a great speller, but I can use spell check. They don't even bother with that anymore. I don't know. L is most effective when supported by evidence-based programs and trusting relationships where students are treated as partners in their learning. They're not. Beyond the classroom, SEL can be intentionally promoted throughout the school experience, from the way they're greeted in the morning to how discipline practices are carried out and how adults themselves yes, color -based. develop and model positive relationships and the SEL competencies. Outside of school, families and caregivers provide the earliest and ongoing learning and interactions for their children. So it's important that schools listen to and authentically partner with families to help shape SEL priorities and strategies for supporting their children. Who writes this garbage? Similarly, when schools partner with community organizations to align their efforts, SEL opportunities can be strengthened and students benefit even more. With SEL, we can help create schools and learning spaces where all young people feel connected, inspired, engaged, and ready to contribute to the world around them. 
Yes, yes. That's what everybody wants is this garbage gobbledygook. Um, and I always hate it because there's so much of this garbage. I don't know who writes this crap, but whoever does, man, oh, it's just unbearable. It's in everything corporate, uh, too. They just write all this meaningless drivel into these things. And it's like... <laughs> No, that's not what that says. Here, let me break it down for everybody. It says we're going to make your school into a Marxist struggle session 24 hours a day. Every day the kids are there. We're going to teach them about all this uh, social justice garbage. We're going to turn them into little activists. And we're not going to teach them a damn thing that makes them productive uh, members of society whatsoever. Because that's not what we want. We want a bunch of little activists so we can take over the country and then... That way, we control everything because we understand how to do math and science, and all these are just going to be blind, you know, mindless idiots who just walk around with whatever sign we tell them to put on and yell. That's exactly what that is. It's pretty easy to figure out. They partner with another um, group called Amaze.org. We played some of their videos. This is just an idea of what uh, SEL is really going to bring to your kids. Okay, This is what's uh, really important uh, part of the curriculum. Uh, this is Amaze.org. They make these cartoons for kids, so you can really help teach them about really important topics. Lovely Why cartoons. Why would someone wear a chest binder? Ask Amaze. Chest binding is when a person uses constructive materials like compression shirts or sports bra to flatten or conceal breast tissue. For transgender men and non-binary individuals, binding their chest may be a way to help create a flatter looking chest and help their body appear more like the gender they are. If a person is thinking about wearing a chest binder, they should know chest binding can be dangerous to a person's health if done incorrectly. If someone wants to bind their chest, it is best to research the safest way to do so before trying it. Room. I heard you've had S-E-X already. No, we haven't. Yeah, so what? Who did you have sex with? With you, of course. Oh, and you're lying? We're done. I don't understand. We had oral sex just last night. Ah, I see the confusion. Does oral sex count as sex? Hashtag Oscar Mays. Whether oral sex counts as sex is really up to you. Generally through the ages, sex was assumed as vagina penile sex. But many people will choose not to have that kind of sex. Like me. I'm gay, so if sex is just a penis and a vagina, then I guess my boyfriend and I will never have sex. So for me, oral sex is definitely sex. But ultimately, it's up to you to decide what you believe counts as sex. Yes. Especially when you're uh, young enough to uh, watch cartoons, that's when you really want to decide what sex is. I mean, that's usually when most people do, right? <sighs> this stuff makes me really sad and really disturbed, actually. It's, uh, man, it, this is part of the SEL garbage. The castle system, all this shit is just a way to implement all these garbage ideas and keep your kids from actually learning what they need to learn. So this is what to look out for. 
don't actually go in and if you're looking at things don't look for critical race theory don't look for uh you know all that sort of thing look and see about the sel practice or the castle practice c-a-s-e-l that's where all this is coming from they put it all in it's in math it's in everything they basically have struggle sessions about race and gender and all this stuff in every lesson all day long and kids are just not learning anything that's actually constructive and they're making our children dumber and that's what we have to stop and put a stop to it right now let's just get back to just making regular lessons okay can we do that it's not that hard it's not that hard we just go to school and we learn what we're supposed to learn it's it's not that difficult and of course we'll be talking about more of this as we go along i'm running a little long today but i have to play one more thing because it is fun and i do not know how this got through i don't know how it made it but it did an actual good saturday night live skit and because i believe in complimenting people when they do things right I'm going to play this good, this actual good Saturday night, Saturday night live skit about masks. Now this didn't get canceled. They didn't get flipped out on. So I'm not sure. Maybe we're winning. Let's see. This is supposed to be fun. Isn't there something happy we can talk about? No, no. We started this and we need to finish it. David, go make sense of this, please. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I think the biggest mistake the administration made was not providing more testing. But the UK had done tons of testing and had even more COVID. Good. At least Biden finally sent out all those tests over Christmas. You mean the two tests for a family of eight that froze in the mail? Okay, well, at least we have the CDC. I mean, they haven't always been perfect, but the science changed. How does science change? When I make a mistake at work, I don't get to say the science changed. (laughs) At least we had outdoor dining. Oh, you mean when they built a smaller restaurant in the street? How is that outdoors? Oh, my God. Look, I went to a child's birthday party, self-careful, and they did gymnastics in masks. Don't. And then they went into another room and took off their masks to eat pizza. This is the end of me. So did they really need the mask? Oh, no. Did any of us ever need the mask. No! <laughs> so that was actually good. That was great. Um, what, what the hell happened? Well, they used to make content way back in the day that was very similar to that. And it was good. And it was funny. And that is funny. Kind of the same kind of stuff that we've been saying for a long time. Whatever happened, I don't know. But I want to highlight when people do things right. That was funny. Uh, and it was good. So I wanted to play that and at least end on a high note. I think we should have a high note. I want to say that. I think that there is a lot of momentum. It looks like there's court cases that are going to go in the favor of freedom. It looks like Twitter is going to be more free and open. Um, it looks like a lot of things are turning in the other direction. Are there still problems? Of course there are. There's a lot of problems. We highlight them all the time. But when things are going right, we should know that and give people the tools and ideas that they can do to try to fight back against this thing and make a difference for themselves. That's what it's all about. It can't always be negative. I think that uh, things are turning in a positive direction. Will it all be fixed tomorrow? Of course not. Of course not. And there's no great savior. Elon Musk isn't the great savior of the world. But he is going to, I believe, make Twitter a little bit better of a place, at least for free speech. So, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom all the time. And uh, I hope people uh, feel that. 
Uh, I'm feeling it. feel like there may be some momentum headed in the right direction. Let's hope so. And uh, anyway, I will be back on Sunday with much, much more, uh, of course. Uh, see what all is going on around the world. Uh, please do remember to like, subscribe, rate, review. I really appreciate everybody that's doing that. It's making a huge difference. Um, it, it just really is encouraging, and I very much appreciate it. If you'd like to send a message, question, comment, whatever you would like to do, you can do so at Eric's America Pod on Facebook, Eric's-America.com, uh, actually. Eric's America Pod at Gmail is the email, and you can find me on Twitter at Eric's America Pod. So all those places you can find me, and hopefully uh, everything will continue to grow, and uh, I hope everything's getting better in your life as well. Summer will be here before we know it. So until Sunday, just remember, no agenda, just America. 